It's been a minute since we've had a fresh episode. Did you know that while we were on a little break, yours truly got canceled? I want to share about that experience and give you some tools to put in your own tool belt for the time when you too may get canceled. I'm your host, Kenzie. Welcome to the Church Girl Gang Podcast. Hey, church girl. Welcome back to another episode of the Church Girl Gang podcast. I'm so very excited to be back with a brand new episode. If you're a part of a local church, then you may have just gone through this or you may be in the thick of it right now, but we just made it to the other side of camp season. Now, if I'm being totally honest right now, um, I am not a camp girl. I don't like to sweat and I don't like wreck. Uh, um, I've never been very coordinated, so I was always terrible at all of those rec games. And some of them are just like really gross, you know? I remember one year we did a beach camp uh, for our summer camp, and the rec game one day was Ultimate Frisbee, but with a flounder. (laughs) That's right. Instead of tossing a Frisbee, a bunch of middle schoolers ran around the beach throwing around a fish. It was so gross. Uh, Sometimes I wish I was different, but y'all, I'm just too bougie for camp, okay? And I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Does it make it better if I admit it? I don't know. Probably not, but I will. Uh, But now that I've told you why I never liked camp growing up, uh, let me tell you why camp as an adult is super cool. We put on a bunch of different camps at my church at TCC, and every year, we hear hundreds of stories of life change. And you guys, I will get down and nasty and sweat and throw a fish frisbee if it means that kids come to know Jesus, you know? That's just amazing. That's the best thing. Um, That's the best thing. Anyway, if you're still in the middle of camp season and you're listening to this podcast, let me just remind you all of the drama, the tiredness, uh, maybe you guys even end up passing around a little camp cold, been there, done that, by the way, but it's all worth it if lives are changed, and I'm over here believing that they will be this year at your camp. Speaking of doing some hard things, I mentioned at the top of the show that I recently got canceled. You know, I think this phenomenon of canceling people is pretty crazy, like, When it first started being a thing a few years ago, I would roll my eyes or laugh a little like, ha ha, who's getting canceled now? But at this point, it's starting to feel a little ridiculous, like no one is safe from cancellation. And I do want to say before we go any further, we're all sinners and we'd all be receiving the ultimate cancellation that is eternal separation from God. If Jesus hadn't have paid for our sins on the cross. He took the ultimate cancellation on himself and he made us righteous in God's eyes. And that's amazing. 
Now that I've said canceled like a hundred gazillion times, let's talk about what that word actually means and what it doesn't mean. We've all heard it. Many of us have even maybe experienced it. When I say canceled, what I mean is when someone uh, tries to literally shut down your speech or cut you off as a person. Someone's attempt to make you or your ideas invisible. Uh, This could be done by a group of people or by a single individual. Some examples of this might be... um, Maybe a friend completely cutting you off for something you've said or believe. It could be a group of people pressuring you into uh, taking back something that you've said or believe. Maybe in your comment section on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or uh, maybe even a group of people uh, forcefully pressuring you in person. Uh, This sounds very similar to confrontation, but... Confrontation can build up, cancellation tears down. Let me show you how. Because I am involved in leading a lot of people, I have to confront people all the time in order to help build into them. When I confront someone about something, let's say uh, someone who I'm leading is posting inappropriate things online, something like that, if I go and talk to them about it, my goal in that is to help them do better so they continue on with me hand in hand. When I confront someone, the first thing on my mind should be about the other person. How can I help them? How can our relationship come out stronger on the other side of the situation or moment? How can I use this to help someone grow closer with God? On the other hand, cancellation isn't focused on the other person cancellation is focused on oneself how can i make another person understand how they've hurt me Uh, how can i make them feel hurt like i feel hurt Um, how can i feel better in this moment where confrontation leads to a continuation of relationships, even when it may be hard, cancellation leads to a severing of relationships, which may seem like the easy way out, but with much worse consequences. Usually cancellation is characterized by anger, while confrontation is characterized by peace. And if you don't believe me, if you're thinking, well, confrontation, I don't think, I don't think that's a peaceful thing. Honestly, a few years ago, I wouldn't have believed me either. I thought confrontation was some big, scary thing. And uh, when I would try to have hard conversations with people, I would get so nervous and I would sweat and I would shake and you could hear it in my voice. Um, <laughs> and it was awful. It was awful having these conversations for me to have these conversations. It was awful for people to have these conversations with me. Um, but then I learned there is absolutely nothing wrong with talking about issues as they come up. And let me tell you why. It's sort of like like a cavity, okay? When you give it, get a cavity, like I do sometimes, by the way, like very often, got some bad genes. The sooner you get it taken care of, the better. 
But if you let it sit and rot your tooth all the way to the nerve, well, you'll lose the whole tooth, right? Issues work the same way. If you take care of it when it comes up, well, not only will it be a lot easier to fix, but also you may save the relationship. But when you allow issues to sit too long, they grow. They get infected. They can sometimes feel impossible to fix. And if you wait too long, you may lose the whole relationship. Quick confrontation could be the absolute best solution for relational issues. In fact, Jesus encouraged this. In Matthew 5, 9, he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Here's a common misconception today's culture wants you to believe, and that is that being a peacemaker means keeping everything calm and easy, brushing over issues, repressing them, and not stirring up the relational waters. The problem with not stirring up those waters, though, is that all the issues will stay right there under the surface. When we reach down and remove them, we are going to stir up the relational waters a little bit, and that's okay. Being a peacemaker, like Jesus said, means helping to create peace. And in order to do that, we sometimes have to do the hard work of resolution. And the tool we typically have to use to root out issues is confrontation. However, when we choose the hacksaw of cancellation in relational issues instead, we don't root out issues to make way for peace. Instead, with cancellation, we take the person holding the issues and move them as far away from ourselves as possible, which makes it nearly impossible for us to root out issues in ourselves and our relationship. They're too far away. It actually leaves us stuck in our issues. Why? Because we're the ones who carry the issues with us and not the other people, right? Uh, We're the ones who hold on to frustration. It's not something that just goes away, right? We've got to work through issues when they come up. Um, A lot of people would say, out of sight, out of mind. But you and I both know that without like a memory wipe, that doesn't actually happen. They're still there. So now we know what cancellation is and that we should choose confrontation instead. And just a side note, if someone chooses confrontation with you, then you better believe it's time to lean in and embrace the confrontation. But what happens when people choose cancellation instead of confrontation? Well, believe it or not, even though cancellation seems like a new phenomena, it's actually been happening since basically the beginning of time. Here's what Jesus had to say about that as well. He said, Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. And that's Luke 6, 22 through 23. Weirdly enough, Jesus says, 
to rejoice. Celebrate a little. Now, I do want to clarify, if you get canceled for something dumb and unholy, right? Like, uh, remember when Justin Bieber peed in the mop bucket all those years ago? I'm just going to say, I mean, people should not be terrible, but that one's kind of on you. You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but if you get canceled for your Christian beliefs, if you get canceled for Christ, here, Jesus is cheering you on. He's saying people have done it before to holy, God-fearing people, and they'll continue to do it. But good on you for staying true to Christ. It may feel like you've lost something. Uh, maybe it's a piece of your pride. Maybe through cancellation, uh, you lose money. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's uh, your account on social media or, well, any number of things. But when that happens, just know there is a reward waiting for you in heaven that your counselors can never take away. Um, there is a crown of jewels, streets of gold, and most importantly, there is intimacy with God that your counselors uh, can never take from you. Darkness can't stand the light because what's hidden in the darkness is revealed by the light. And so that darkness is going to do whatever it can to push the light away and to cancel it out. You know, it seems like the world is obsessed with cancellation. I think part of the reason why our culture loves cancellation is because of just that. No one can be honest. People can't get honest with themselves. They can't get honest with God. And if they can't do that, then they can't get honest with you. There's a small but very loud group of people who love to cancel. Psychology Today has a great article about cancel culture where they list five reasons why it is so popular right now. Uh, let me read you some of their reasons and maybe this will resonate with you. So reason number one, cancel culture increases social status. Cancel culture has created new opportunities to move up by taking others down. Number two, cancel culture reduces the social status of enemies. If you're a six on the social status ladder, working up to a nine is hard. But scheming to bring a nine down to a three is easier and more thrilling. It is much easier to unite people around bringing a nine down to a three than to lift themselves up from a six to a nine. Number three, cancel culture strengthens social bonds. Cance cancel culture is not a solitary activity. People enjoy uniting around a common purpose. They derive satisfaction from coming together against a perpetrator. They enjoy the sense of solidarity it provides. Number four, cancel culture forces enemies to reveal themselves. Cancel culture allows people to identify who is loyal to their movement. Broadcasting the transgressions of others forces everyone to respond. Rallying around a morally ambiguous transgression and seeing how people react permits the recruitment of assenters and the targeting of dissenters. Number five, cancel culture produces fast rewards. The social rewards are immediate and gratifying and the dangers too distant and abstract. You could be next does not compute for most people. It's just a set of words. But the social rewards of status and in-group camaraderie instantly register. Okay, so there are benefits 
to cancellation, right? We could see them in that article especially. That's why people love it. However, from personal experience, and just like we read in Matthew 5, it is so much better to be a peacemaker, a confronter rather than a canceler. The biggest benefit to cancelers is that they build relational bonds with those who join them in the canceling. However, a relationship built around hating another person is actually a really weak bond. And you may be asking why. Well, because like produces like. Hate creates more hate. I don't need to share any stats for you to know that that is true. And when you're in a relationship built around hatred, all it can produce is more hatred. In other words, you may be next on the chopping block, my friends. Start the countdown to cancellation time. D-Day is just around the corner. And for Christians with biblical values, guess what? You're next on the chopping block too. I hate to break it to you. Uh, This cancel culture wants to shut you down. You know it because you hear it all the time. You just turn on Netflix, the radio, YouTube, hit shuffle on Spotify's top hits playlist. If you believe that unborn babies are people, if you believe that marriage is between a man and a woman, if you believe that prayer works and is one way of many to help those in need, if you believe that every person, no matter their skin color, has inherent and equal worth in God's eyes, heck, if you believe that you can love people who disagree with you and even those who try to cancel you, you are up on the cancellation tee. While our culture tells us that cancellation is okay, if you dissent, if you have a different opinion than popular progressive culture, then our culture tells us that we should just decide to be nice. And by be nice, what they mean is to not make anyone uncomfortable by sharing your different opinion. Or, as one of my favorite podcasters, John Cooper, says, uh, we don't want to give anyone the sads, right? Uh, No one wants to feel the sads. And we're not supposed to make anyone feel that way, or at least that's what the culture says. And honestly, I don't want to make anyone feel bad, but I can't not share God's truth, right? I can't speak lies. And I can't be lukewarm. Like, I can't just sit here in the middle, not hot or cold, with my opinions, We have to make a choice. Jesus said in Revelation 3.16, So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Jesus says, pick a side, but don't sit in the middle wishy-washy. And of course, what he wants is for you to choose him. Because ultimately, he's the winning team. Later on in the Sermon on the Mount, which is where our scriptures from Matthew and Luke have been coming from today, by the way, Jesus said, Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. And that's Luke 6.26. See, we can't please everyone. We can't please the culture and God. We can't because they hold completely different values. The values our culture wants you to hold, niceness, conformity, and affirmation, 
are different than the values God wants you to hold, which is truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and steadfastness, sticking to him. In that verse we just read, Jesus actually says that if everyone thinks you're awesome, then you've really messed up. Niceness is not a biblical virtue. Now, gentleness is, and we can talk about that on another podcast, but niceness, it never made the list. If you believe in Jesus and you're really living it out, you won't have doubt in your mind whether you really are because you will have some haters. Jesus tells his followers time and time again to expect that. So don't be afraid of it. In fact, what you should be praying for is courage and wisdom. Not every situation calls for you to hold a holy protest, but some situations do. Not every situation calls for some Christian confrontation on your buddy's sexual immorality. But if you care about your friend, you'll tell them the truth in love at an appropriate time. That's where wisdom and guidance from the Holy Spirit comes into play. And what we can't do when we're called to speak up is to sit it out. You should be more afraid of being lukewarm and being spit out of Jesus's mouth than being too hot to handle on fire for Jesus. You know, I've been canceled quite a few times in my life. I've had people yell and scream in my face. I've had best friends cut me off completely without a word or explanation. I've had quiet Instagram blockings, and I've had loud in-person debates. I've had groups of people have a go at me, and I've had individuals have a go at me as well. People have tried to cancel me because of my church, because of my beliefs, and because of their beliefs about my beliefs. But you know what? They haven't been successful in canceling me yet. I'm not going to lie to you, though. It hasn't been easy, and a few people have gotten close. But by the grace of God, I have stayed uncancelable. So how can you stay uncancelable? Well, first of all, don't give up. Don't stop speaking and living out the truth of God's word. But the second thing I want you to do is every single day, put on the full armor of God. We're just about out of time, but I want to leave you with this verse today. It's a little long, so stick with me. This is Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. This cancellation, consternation, in this battle, we're not against people. We're against the devil. We're against his evil plans. But we've got to come ready for the fight. Don't be afraid and don't back down. And I want to encourage you, one of your greatest tools is your Bible. That verse called it the sword of the spirit. Okay? This is what we fight with. God's word. If you know what you believe and you know why you believe, and you can share that with others, partner that with prayer and, of course, the work of the Holy Spirit, and you are on firm foundation. So my final challenge to you, read and come to know your Bible. Before we wrap things up today, I wanted to remind you that you can reach me in the comments or by DMing Church Girl Gang on Instagram. I'd love to hear your thoughts and questions on today's episode. I would even love to answer those questions here on the show, because if you've got a question, others do as well. So slide into those DMs and let's chat. Until next time, have a great week and we'll talk to you soon, church girl. Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Church Girl Gang. If you enjoyed listening to this and want to help us grow the gang, be sure to leave a five-star review on your listening platform. If you're on YouTube right now, be sure to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss an episode. You can connect with the Church Girl Gang and say hello on Facebook or Instagram. And also feel free to connect with me personally on all social media platforms, including YouTube, by searching at Kenzie Carice or heading to KenzieCarice.com for more content just like this. Bye.